Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cantina MX Football Podcast. I'm your host tonight, Jaime Landeros. We're on Twitter Spaces tonight, so if you want to say something, feel free to speak up. We're also streaming live on YouTube in case you just want to chat with us. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about Repechaje. We finally have our 12 finalists and... The little engine that could Pumitas up against Seattle for all the marbles in the CONCACAF CONCACAF Champions League final uh, to happen this Wednesday after their first leg. Uh, We're going to talk about this and much, much more. But before I go any further, let's welcome the panel tonight. Joeli, is your mic up? Is, Is this one better? Yeah, that sounds better. We also got Super oh. Elbow in the house. Ominist, how are you guys doing? That that, that mic on Hoel sounds better, but he sounds stoned. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I think uh, we will be allowing uh, people to speak up as we get deeper into the conversation. So uh, for those that are on Twitter spaces, just... Give us a few minutes to to get this going, and we'd love to hear from you guys. This is why we have Twitter Spaces up. Uh, but we do have uh, quite a bit of a show tonight. Hoeli, what you got for us, man? Ah, uh, well, let me see. Liguilla is set. So you want to do a rundown of, of the teams? Well, first we... we uh, First, uh, just looking at the standings, I think um, what we're seeing is probably the beginning of the end, or maybe that was that was when uh, Tuca left Tigres. Uh, we've talked before how he should have when when he should have retired. Uh, some of us think after the club's World Cup exit in the big stage, but he finished last in Tigres. And uh, some people thought he was <laughs> some people thought he was gonna get sacked, but Tuka, he's never been sacked in his whole career. He's never been um he's left clubs, but he's he's always finished the season. So he has that Guinness Guinness record here. I don't think it's gonna get broke. Juarez got absolutely trumped four <clears throat> zero against Gallos. De Querétaro, and uh, there was a photo of him just on the bench. It looked like he was in shambles. Des- yeah, sad to see it. Despite that effort, Querétaro will be fined along with Tijuana, Juarez, and Toluca for their poor results. And from my understanding, all those, all those fines, all that money goes to Liga de Expansión, the second division. It goes. To, to that league. I don't know how it is distributed, but I'm assuming that the champion of Liga Expansión will get some of that money as a reward. Some reward money? Yeah, so um, I don't know. Really quick before we move on, what do you guys think will happen with the Toucan? Is he going to retire? I know he did this as a favor. He, he did this hottest thing as a favor, um, but I uh, it's at this point, it would just be suicide for him to stay there another season. There's talk that there's already clubs interested. 
should he just, you know, hang up his boots and drive off in his Ferrari into the sunset? What do you guys think? Dude, I, th I think he's got too much of an ego to go out like this, man. So if there's another club that has an offer for him that 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 uh, will spend a good amount of money for him, I have a feeling he'll take a shot at it. But he he should retire, man. He should have retired like we like we discussed before, man. Yeah. It was after that. Uh, the was it the uh, club? Yeah. Is is he free to leave now? Was this just a one yeah. year contract? He's Tuca, man. He can leave whenever he wants. <laughs> He's, he's got money, he's, his mattress. I don't know where he keeps it. Dude, that's a lot of money. He's, he, so, he wait, no, but is is he, like, is his is his contract up with Juarez? Did he just do a one-year? I mean, no. even if it's not, it, it wouldn't matter, you know. He he commands a lot of respect, and he's he's uh, really good friends with the, with the Juarez um I don't know if he's one of the owners or a president who used to be at Tigres. That's the whole connection. Uh, just really quick reminder: he left Tigres because the whole, you know, the the board of directors they did like a change up, and a new a new crew came in, and Tuca was part of the old guard. So what you're telling me is if. He is relieved of his duties at Juarez. He would be the number one candidate to coach Guadalajara. Oh, Jaime, always steering us toward <laughs> the flock of goats. Uh, it's a possibility, man. But uh, yeah, it's a possibility. I don't know if I don't know if Chivas wants to pay that much money. Tuca commands a lot of money. We do know who will not be coaching Guadalajara, and that is Matias <laughs> Almeida, who is just landed in Greece, and he's looking to uh, secure a job out there. Seems like he already did, huh? He's just going to go sign, what is it, dot the I's and cross the T's. Um, so he's yeah, going to go he, break some hey. plates? What, what's happening right now? Opa! Opa! <laughs> yeah, he's gonna go out there and, uh, you know, for his sake, hopefully, do more than break plates, man. <laughs> that dude, the dude needs a for him to get to to, to some good clubs, man. The guy's got to get some wins, man. Does... He's got to get some good results because we're talking. Was it one playoff appearance since he left Chivas, right? Or, uh, since he left Chivas, right? Man, with you mean with St. Joe? With St. Joe, yeah. Like, I get he it. The, two, I think. What's that? I think twice. No, he only went to one playoff. No, it was only once. Just once? Yeah. Are you yeah, telling me that the San Jose Earthquakes, the the two-time MLS Cup champions, is not a prestigious club? It is not, I mean. You and I, <laughs> you and I being Bay Area natives, know that... Uh, a, the Oakland A's ownership owns that team, and well, as you can see, the issues with the Oakland A's. They turn uh, money ball they're, they're 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 being they're being outdrawn by their minor league team in Vegas, man. Oh, not good. No, and so the, those that ownership group won't spend. Does... Now that said, that said, uh, I think Joel had put it before that Matias knew what he was getting into. Oh, by going yeah. There. 
anybody anybody who knows anything about that ownership knows they're not going to get paid or their, their players aren't going to get paid. So he he needs to start getting some good results. If not, he's going to end up looking sort of like a flash in the pan, I think. Well, you know, my question was, because I don't follow, I don't know much about the Greek League. Do they have real relegation? Because then this, this is going to be, you know, that's going to be it for him. I, I always felt with a good, with a good squad, he could produce the football champagne, but with with the weaker teams, he's never been able to to do get much out of them. I'm not sure what's going on. I tried to Google their results, and uh, it says there's 14 teams in the league. They're currently in third. I don't know what that means as far as like if there is a relegation, but I think there is. I I think that's one of the stronger teams, so they should be fine. But we can't ignore like his results, where he ended with Chivas like fifteenth, seventeenth. Same with St. Joe, like really bottom of the table. And so with you know in leagues when there's where there's like a real relegation, where you know at the end of the season if you're last, that's it. Yeah, but I mean, that said, I, I, I'm with I'm with uh, Codazo here. I I wish him the best. I, I could see him returning to to Liga MX. We have Sergio Cruz in the YouTube chat. Thank you, Sergio Cruz, asking who is Super Elbow Drop. <laughs> um, the actual name is uh, Christian. And I'm from uh, originally from Redwood City, California, over in the uh, Bay Area. Yeah, and the, and then the the name is obviously a nod to the Savage One, Macho Man. Absolutely. There's only one Savage One. <laughs> the guy that sold Slim Jims. <laughs> you ever tried those things, man? You gotta be a savage to actually want to try those things. Yeah, dude. You need a Slim Jim. Then hairs is gonna start growing on your knuckles and on your chest, back of your neck. What was the what was the slogan for that? I just know it was hella intense. Snap, 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 snap into, into a slim gym. Step out of a slim gym. Like holy <laughs> shit, dude! He comes out in the the Spider Man movie. I think he it's the one with Toby. Yeah. Oh, I don't know this nerd stuff. <laughs> But uh, back to topic, as far as <laughs> Mati goes, I do hope him and wish him the best of luck. We had some quite interesting results in the last match week of the season. A lot of fireworks, a lot of action going on, as we mentioned earlier. Querétaro with that 4-0 victory over Juarez. And we also had what I found to be the most entertaining match uh, was the last one. Between Leon and Toluca, you had them going back and forth. It was 3-2, I think, at halftime. At the very end, uh, Leon were able to tie the game up. They were down 4-3, and they were able to tie the game up because they were still in contention to, to qualify. Um, and they almost scored a fifth one, but they, they missed it wide. So at the end of the day, Leon surprisingly will miss out 
on repechaje uh, with 20, yeah. 21 points, 13th position. That must hurt. Ken, we were talking about beginning of the end, so we have to ask, this uh, closing time for Nacho at Toluca. He came in, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't been able to relieve his glory at León. You know, came back from Spain, and now he, the season didn't go too well for him. So ending up at 15th, who knows what will happen. I, I have faith on Nacho. Let's see what happens there. The same faith that you I had made... when he was at Huesca? Yeah, but in Huesca, <laughs> I always knew the, the ownership wasn't going to give him a fair date. <clears throat> hey, we saw what he did at Leon, man. Come on. I think, uh, he, I think he gets the benefit of the doubt, too, at, at Toluca. They, they let him com- probably complete the full year at the club. Yeah, well, man. But yeah, 15 doesn't look too good. And then for Leon... They recently let go of uh, their coach, Olan. And, uh, but yeah, this team, they had a bit of a, I don't know, I don't know if I call it like pretty good run where they were reaching finals. They, they won, they won under Nacho and then they, they made the final against Atlas. But the squad is up there in age. So this could be them. They, they peaked and now they're just, I don't know. I guess they're, they're going to have to rebuild soon. They're getting old, man. They're getting old, and they shat their pants against the Seattle Sounders in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They're just a former show of themselves. Ouch. <laughs> but, and you know, they, well, they finished 13th. You said they just missed out, and who beat them to it was Mazatlan, the new kids on the block. And I guess it's not being talked as much. But they're on a five-game unbeaten streak That's with right. four straight wins. Four straight wins. And they beat some some decent teams here. Uh, they beat Puebla, which finished um, fifth. And, of course, their coaches talk of the town. And so I... they beat Puebla. They, they beat defending champions Atlas. Yeah. Ironically, um, sorry to cut you off there, but... By beating them, they're actually going to face them again in the repechaje. Oh, and yeah. And, uh, well, they beat, they beat Tucas, uh, Juarez, and then they beat Santos, another team that has sort of fallen by the wayside. And we've often wondered here, are they going to be the red-headed stepchild of Grupo Orlegi now that they own Atlas? And Atlas is, of course, a much bigger club. Uh, even though Santos has been way more successful, but they're in a small venue, and it's like, I, you know, Atlas has the capability of, of if they have that type of success that Santos had, where they would, it would just be more massive. You know, they they would, they would, um, just be taking up the headlines. So I, I do think Orlegi would. I, well, I want to say they'll put all their eggs, but. They don't fully own the team. I think uh, Tebasteca still owns a percentage. So we'll see what happens there, though. Um, but, yeah, interesting to see how some of these teams have have shifted from where they were last season or, or two ago, and now they're sort of, you know, bottom of the table. Mazatlan, who didn't have the strongest start to the season, like you do mention, 
have have gone on a really good streak right now, five unbeaten. And this game against Puebla, Osvaldo Alaniz and Marco Fabian scored. So, uh, you know, add those to the to the that that Twitter thread that uh, Chivas del Norte have former Chivas players, uh, you know, doing well in other teams. Um, but this Mazatlan team, and and, I'm, and I've talked about form in the last couple episodes. It's not about how you start; it's about how you finish. And you know Puebla, who had a, a really good start to the season, and everyone's praising Larcamon. Right now, they've lost three straight, and you go into this one-game elimination match against a team that's unbeaten in five, and you're not the favorite anymore. All of a sudden, the the 12 seed that somehow squeezed in has has the advantage right now over Puebla, and also because you they literally just beat you like that last week, so. It's gonna be pretty nerve wracking for Puebla, and all of a sudden, I actually I can see I can see Mazatlan winning this game again and upsetting a fifth seed. Was that the result you were like? I think they're just in great form right now. You can't you can't go unnoticed. No, I know, but you as a Chiva, and you're thinking the team's prospects. Well, I'm happy right. for I'm, Ernie, you, you, I'm happy for Masa, uh, for Fabian because you know he was basically homeless. I mean he didn't have <laughs> he went to Juarez and he was doing all these cameos and he they did for some reason let him go and it took him a while to to find a team. He even went on was it ESPN TV. Deportes? He went on TV yeah, he was, over there asking for a job. Man. <laughs> yeah. It was like those adopt the kid type commercials. Man, yeah, that's pretty sad to see, man, with players. It's it's the one thing why I always, like, defend when players sign in MLS. And I know fans are disappointed, but it's like players' career doesn't last that long. Fans aren't going to give a shit about them in a year or two. After they retire, they move on to the next best thing. So these guys have to, you know... Um, look after themselves and, and make sure that they have like something set up for when they retire because not a lot of them are prepared for that, you know. Some of them go to school, a lot of them don't. They just, they'll blow through the money they made. Yeah, what's Guli uh, up to nowadays? Yeah, that looked it bad. That, that um, what was it, a TikTok where he's kissing a girl? Yeah, the girl's like, "Oh, I want to show this to my father. Say hi," and he 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 just starts making out with her, and he just looks completely like just drunk, man. He looks, he's not even looking at the camera; he's looking through the I camera. He, I'm like, "Oh I boy!" Thought he looked at home, man. <laughs> <laughs> he looked very at home. Just just like all the rumors about him, right? I mean, the dude, dude completely threw away his uh, career because he liked El Chupa a little too much. Yeah, he turned into that guy that, si ya saben como me pongo para que me invitan. That's right. He's, he's basically that dude now. But yeah, he had a very promising career. Um, And then it just, he disappeared at one point. I think it he was. He went to Rangers. He did. Uh, what's his name took him? They're never going to forgive him for that. <laughs> They're not going to let him back in Scotland for that one. He took two, the two Mexicans. He took, that one was Eduardo. Um, 
He took uh, he took the striker. He took the striker and he took uh, Guli. Yeah, I had more. I had higher hopes for the striker. I don't know what happened there. Who was it again? Oh, uh, damn, was... I can't forget, man. Lalo something. Uh... Lalo Herrera was it? Is it Lalo Herrera? I think you're right. If only yeah. we could do an internet search. Eduardo Herrera. He's currently playing for Venados. Yeah, I, I, I thought he seemed very promising, and then he sort of just disappeared. See, I thought I thought he hit, he hit the skids when uh, Leon sold him over to Chivas, man. Remember Wait, he, he went to all... Chivas? Are you talking well, about no, I mean, uh, Guli? Uh, Guli. Guli, oh, okay. I was like, what? You remember he was, he was crying because he got sent <laughs> over there? He was. They, they were calling him El uh, Lagrimas Esmeralda. Um, <laughs> that guy sounds Chilango, dude. We used, used to hang out with a few of them. Yeah, well, man, Lalo Herrera, I told you that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. He he but, met the criteria, man. Tall dude, good height. He had he had a lot of qualities, but it's it's tough, man. I think a lot of us as fans we don't realize how difficult it could be in soccer, man. There's there's thousands and thousands of players, you know, every day trying out, and so to to stay to maintain your status, it could be very difficult. And then we'll. We'll compare some of the players to the elite, to the elite few, and it's, it's yeah, it's it's really tough, man. It's, it's a really tough profession uh, to to be in. Well, Zignac made it look easy, winning his third top goal scorer uh, award for Tigres. He scored 11, 11 goals. And uh, continuing to be one of the best transfers uh, of all time, as far as Liga MX history goes. Yeah, he's definitely up there amongst the best. Uh, some people have passed out and said that he is the best, but there's other players with with records. Uh, Cardoso, Cardoso's run. Uh, I think he scored about thirty goals between twenty nine. Close, man. Close between the season and Liguilla. Uh, and then you had like Cavino. So there's there's been some players that were just massive. But he definitely, he's up there. Um, comparing is, is tough. But yeah, he's he's definitely, when it comes to Tigres, he's he's their icon, dude. They're going to have a statue of Guignac uh, in the, outside the stadium. Absolutely. Yeah, man, it's one of those things, man, too, that I don't know whether, he, whether he's fake or not, but he seems to have embraced the culture, the people, every, everything about it, uh, well, where, he lived, where he lived over there in, uh, in Monterrey, he, right? So I mean, He dude, was only there a month, and, and people were already naming their kids after him. <laughs> I remember that. But yeah, for whatever reason, he, he's, he seems to have embraced the culture and everything there, man. He's, he, you know... I think, was it last week or over the weekend? I thought I saw this quote. I didn't read the article where he said that, you know, 
had he had the chance uh, to pick between uh, national teams, he would have picked Mexico. Oh, damn. Crocodile tears. But again, I, I think he kind of overblows it, but I think he's comfortable in Mexico and and uh, he's created a hell of a fan base for himself. Well, his son will play for the Mexican national team, so we'll see. There you go. That's going to be the real... Uh, what what was it they called? Uh, memo? Le Mem? Le Mem. Le Mem. I know Chaquito Jimenez. He's he's proud of playing for the Mexican national team. We'll see if Marcelo Flores decides to follow suit. Uh, we did have a friendly between Guatemala and Mexico during all this chaos with the Champions League and Repechaje, or the last last uh last week of regular season soccer uh, it was a pretty uneventful match 0-0 and Tena is undefeated as coach of of Guatemala I know I know Joel's proud of that I dude I have high hopes for him um he, yeah he ruined the he ruined the Trismolero game with the draw and uh think he's off to a good start but I mean you know with Central America they, they, their federations they have been very corrupt and it's it's really hurt them a lot because they should have been more competitive and instead we saw like the rise of Caribbean you know Caribbean countries like uh well, I mean, they were kind of always there, but I think they overtook them, like Jamaica, Trinidad, and then um, Panama. Sort of these teams came up, but it should have been uh, they should have been more competitive, like the Honduras, Guatemala, Salvador. They could have been up there with Costa Rica and what Costa Rica did, um, but a lot of corruption when you read into what's going on. El Salvador, for example, was it a year, two years ago? They almost, FIFA almost took away their, you know, they just, they were going to boot them out of out of FIFA, man. It was like, that's how corrupt. They had to send people in there to manage, to manage their FA. Something similar, I think, happened in Guate. It's just a lot, dude. It's, it was just too much and, and it's hurt them uh, but I think once they start working, those teams aren't bad. That's why the region, you know, has such a bad, such a bad, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, Codazo? Reputation. Bad yeah. yeah, bad rep because these teams end up not, you know, for the most part, they look they look weak. But we've seen what they've been capable of. We saw what Costa Rica did at the World Cup. Uh, 2014. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember when Copa America invited four teams, I believe it was, from, from CONCACAF. This is previous to the Centenario. Yeah, they're, they're, it was the, the year before, right? I don't know if it was before or, or I have to search, but I, I remember Honduras was there and, and a couple of teams and they had really good games. These guys were, you know, they held their own. Because Copa America Centenario is where they invited 
various teams from CONCACAF. Yeah, yeah, but they had already, they had done one like some years previous where they, they, they did more teams and I thought that was good, but then I don't, or, or was it because the U.S. declined? God damn, my mind plays tricks on me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but regardless, uh, we've seen even, even in other tournaments how they've managed to hold their own, but that's not enough, you know, in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. You can't just do good in one tournament and then fizzle out, which is kind of what happened to Costa Rica. You know, they, they weren't able to build from that from that 2014. They sort of just disappeared. Instead, Canada, you know, where we see Canada, that's where I know a lot of people thought that's, that was going to be Costa Rica, you know. They were going to be the, the third grande, entre comillas. Uh, but then they sort of fizzled out, and now we see Canada. And I do think Canada is going to maintain, you know, uh, at least competitive in the region. I, I do feel they're going to stay a, a, one of the stronger teams. Somewhat related, uh, Ecuador might have fielded an ineligible player that was not born in Ecuador. Uh, his name's Brian Castillo, so Ecuador might be out of the, the World Cup. Chile is definitely trying to get that uh, investigated. Because then they would, they would go in, right? That's right. Chile's trying to, man. Damn, Chile. Chile's sketch like that. They should just, like, you know, accept it. I know they got, um, they tried it years ago. They tried to cheat Brazil. There was a game they were playing against Brazil, and they threw a firecracker was thrown by the goalkeeper, and they ended the game, and they tried to say it was an injury, and they tried to get the win like that. And uh, became a big thing, and I think it got investigated. I don't remember if they just gave him a nail or if they just got if they eliminated them. Like they were like, "All right, you guys are done." I'm not sure, but that is one of the yeah, things but, that uh, that is happening right now. Well, yeah, these are these are. See, I, I'm not I'm not forgiving those guys. I still remember the. You know, they make the whole big fuss about the Fiebre Porcina. What's that? Oh, the swine flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the swine flu. That was oh, the yeah. precursor to COVID, man. That was... <laughs> uh, there, yeah, there's also, there's also a rumor that Mexico might get fined uh, for, those, no, no. for those chants. No, they said they're not finding them anymore. No, this, I thought this, it was for something else. That, that, not, not, not the uh, chance. Hey, no, the games against the, the the games against Panama, the qualifying matches. They're saying that they might they might get in trouble for that. No, they they I know they released a statement saying that there was going to be no more fines, and I'm pretty sure once that FIFA World Cup sponsorship money was locked in, they're like, all right, nothing to worry. <laughs> oh, FIFA fined Mexico uh, 17,000 Swiss francs for the use of lasers in the game against the United States ah, and delay at the start of the game against Panama and El Salvador. There was no sanction for shouting. Yeah, see, that told you that the shouting, that's it. Yeah, they, they forgot about it already. 
Yeah, another thing to take note is Infantino was at the game between Pumas and Seattle, the Champions League final. And he also paid a visit to El Estadio Azteca. Do you guys think that it could possibly be the final stadium for the World Cup in 2026? The only reason I'm going to say no about this is because the almighty dollar is not coming. Uh, it's it's not the almighty dollar that they're going to collect, right? And no, I, 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 the ticket stays the same. Uh, uh, no matter. Are you sure? Yes, sir. I think because the U.S. is the main host. If anything, it will be the apertura. Can do they get the opening match? So that that's sort of what I went with. So they would probably do it at Azteca, right? The opening match. Yeah, if if I mean if they because the U.S. is the main one. So if I guess if they if they're cool with it, um, I don't think the U.S. would let go of that. The final, you know. That's yeah. that's too much juice there. That's too much gravy. Um, but no ticket, ticket and sponsors, all of that's locked in. Uh, well, Codazo, so you yeah. they don't lose money in that. The the reason I mentioned this is, you know, you built this beautiful stadium in L.A. and they failed. They had an oversight. They realized that uh, after all the billions that they spent building this stadium, it is not eligible to host a World Cup match. Uh, because the field is too narrow or something like that. So, um, But, I mean, I, I, think I think it's something they could fix easily. Yeah, but, I mean, think about it. If you're really serious about trying to host the World Cup and trying to impress the president of FIFA and, and you built this stadium and you don't even care or even try to, you know, realize that uh, there are certain, you know, restrictions and dimensions that a field must yeah. be, like – it's just the impression. The first impression is like, oh, these guys don't even care about you know soccer. But but, but it, the thing I will say is that it's it's different, like different organizations. So that that stadium was mainly built for for pointy ball. Oh yeah, that was that was yeah, specialized for that too. Yeah, and then it's a bonus if we could get a World Cup game here, then that would be just you know start giving the stadium some more cred. Um, no, no, I'm guessing the Rose Bowl is a little bit outdated, but there's still the stadium in Dallas and that fits over 90,000 people, right? So you can, they could, they could certainly host a fi- uh, World Cup final in Dallas. It'll draw. Yeah. And then there's the Raider one in Vegas. Yeah. But that one's only, I think about 60,000 people. So oh, I, they, I, it has to be, it has to be, I forgot. I think yeah, the they, they, final has to host minimum 80,000 if I'm not mistaken. Right. So that leaves you pretty much, uh, AT&T stadium in Dallas and, and, uh, and the Rose bowl. Yeah, no, you're right. Rose bowl's outdated. They're not getting, they're no. not getting. So then that leaves that. What is the LA one? Uh, Jaime, do you know how so so far, I think has about eighty-five to ninety thousand. Oh, so then they could, I guess, if they. Well, they would have they to switch things up. up. Yeah, and again, that's they just spent. I forgot how many billions of dollars on that thing. I I, I can't see them really. It would probably be in New Jersey, the uh, Giants Stadium. They fit eighty-two thousand five hundred. Is it is it new or is it? It's newer. Yeah, yeah twenty ten. Uh, that would be my my guess. When they did it in '94, was the final in Washington? 
94 no, was uh, Rose Bowl, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, it was. The final? It was in Pasadena. Yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, no. yes, it was. Yeah, I'm looking at but, Wikipedia, yeah. and the largest uh, stadium in the United States is a, is a college stadium, Michigan Stadium, over 107,000 capacity. But I doubt they would do a college stadium. Right. In fact... The first, yeah, the first 14 on this list are all college stadiums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but I, I think like like you like you mentioned, possibly that's the stadium in New York or Dallas, just because, again, not only do they have a lot of seats, but they have the luxury suites, which they could sell for, for a much higher cost, right? Or whatever that fixed rate is. So, Well, I don't, I don't think they, yeah, they don't, they wouldn't, I don't think they would sell them even to the normal fan. The average fan, I should say. Right. Plus to all these big companies, other corporate, to the other FIFA, you know, big wigs, uh, presidents of the feder- of the federations and whatnot. So Zuckerberg and, and Elon Musk. They, yeah, they, they, they'll get in there. <laughs> but yeah, the, the federativos, of course, they get, they get to dip their hands in that. It's a right. massive, it's a massive World Cup. It's a massive business moneymaker because... You know, other governments and cities, they make money off of it, too. Um, we were talking about it not too long ago about Brazil. You know how they had to build stadiums. Right. And some of them were just built in venues where there wasn't even a soccer team um, or at least a soccer team big enough to to be able to play, you know, in, in a stadium like that and how they're just abandoned. But... It's not just you know building a stadium. Then you you have to see about roads and hotels, and so these are all contracts that are being drawn up, you know. And then cement and not it's so much stuff that goes in, and that's that's where all the money comes in. And who gets you know who gets these contracts? Who owns those companies? It's mm-hmm. a lot of money there. Uh, that's the big business there, man. It's it's a big. It's a hell of big business. And then selling the tickets, who gets to sell them? Who has, you know, it's it's crazy. It's crazy to think about it. So what you guys are telling me is, uh, the Stadio Azteca will either open or close the big dance. I don't think they'll close. I, I don't think they're closing. Yeah. If, you, why, if you're the U.S., why would you give that game away, man? Right. And and again, I, I, I I've never been to Azteca, but I imagine that the suites are uh are not as many as they are they are in the uh no the they built more because azteca has been reduced they yeah. were like, i think at close to oh, 110 okay. and they 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 built more more luxury they have more more go. vips more vip uh mainly because of the <laughs> the amount of nfl games that they host they wanted to accommodate there you fans. go. And, I mean, you do. It's all about money, man. And they yeah. do have plans on uh, re re re. I can't even say the word. Uh, re <laughs> They're going to basically renovating. Yeah, design. renovating the the stadium. They <laughs> uh, did. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I guess I stand by by that. I think maybe they open the World Cup. Uh, but I, have, yeah, I have a hard have time thinking. Least. They have to at least open it, man. That's hollowed ground, dude. That's that's Maradona and Pele, man. They 
Yeah. They, no, they graced that field. No stadium's done it three times. Okay, and that, well, I mean, they're gonna get, they're gonna get a game, so they will get the three times. But I think it's such a historic stadium that they should at least open, open the tournament there. And Marcelo Flores will lead Canada to victory. I mean, Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> He, he's already looking like three material, man. <laughs> being able to, he, he comes with all those high expectations. Uh, we've seen those golazos at Arsenal, and, and then he can't, he can't do that to the uh, Chapines. Those <laughs> <laughs> like Fayas Mori and all those other dudes. He keeps getting yeah. uh, bum minutes. But... Yeah, those, those, play, those players at U23 must not be that great, man. <laughs> I keep telling these guys, man, because the Olympics and, and they don't, uh, you know, la raza, they don't. Everyone's... And, and I, think, I think the kid will be a talented player. I just, I, I don't know how talented, but hey, let the let, let him let him grow up, let him grow up. I get it that that he also is being a little bit impatient. It seems like with uh, being wanting yeah. to be taken. Well, but... I think Canada has been, you know, pumping sunshine up his ass. And saying, hey, we'll take you to the World Cup. You, you know, your ticket's here, man. Your ticket's here. You ain't playing, but your ticket's right here. Yeah. They... Is Canada talented enough to not even need to play them at all? <laughs> <laughs> they're good. They're a pretty good team. They are a good squad. They are. They are. But, but you want death, you know, at the, at the end of the day. And, and I think they're also thinking into the future. Yeah. So that's. That's that man, but but yeah, it's it's getting it's getting uh it's like Uno man where you could swipe you could swipe cards. So I know the Max just took two players right from the Cowles. I mean, Cowles, Cade and Chance, uh, yeah, they're both wrapping up their Mexican citizenship and they're. They're gonna be eligible. I saw their Twitter. I saw their Twitter handles with the little Mexican flag. Oh, they ready? <laughs> they realized. No, didn't, didn't didn't one of them play in a U15 tournament? You, uh, you could, recently? You, you could, but but they changed the rules, so that does. I think that doesn't cap tie you. I mean, that doesn't tie you to the selection no more. Kate already played for United States, but it was for the. Um, it was a corny ass name for the tournament but uh yeah he played for the united states against mexico um uh, it's like, i forget what it was like the discover tournament i don't know whether it was some weird name <laughs> but yeah it doesn't mean that he he hasn't played in an official match though so he can he definitely can switch and i think even if you were to play i think it's as long as it's you're under 18 uh but they, they did some rules to change that uh, not not so long ago. Yeah. So I mean, if if they're getting uh, if they're getting their their max passport, that means that they're le- they're eligible. Yeah. Speaking of who's eligible, we got to talk about the li- little engine that could. We had Pumas, who had a tough match at home against the Seattle Sounders, fighting Nacio Di Neno, scoring a brace. And it all seemed like gravy for Pumas over there in El Estadio Olimpico. Unfortunately, they allowed Seattle to get back into the match. And before you knew it, 
uh, the last closing minutes of the match, Seattle tie it up and, in my opinion, own the psychological psychological battle there. Uh, and they get to close in at home in Seattle with a 2-2 aggregate score. Uh, what do you guys think about that match on Wednesday? Do you think Pumas have a chance? Or do you think that Seattle will, will be the first MLS club to win this in over 20 years? Yeah, I think Seattle are favorites. Uh, Pumas has to play repechaje, and that's gonna that's gonna tire their players. I know they've been doing the both tournaments, and they've been uh, trudging along. So I, I do feel that. But I mean, Pumas has shown that you know never die attitude. So I don't want to descontarlos like that. But I, I do think uh, Seattle are favorites. I do too. I think I'm, I think the last podcast. I think I said I also said that uh, Seattle would uh, would likely win this. Um, I think I'm going to stick with that. I know I know Pumas has had a, a gutsy attitude and stuff like that too. But the, the, their last so many games haven't been all that great. I think aside from the game versus Pachuca, uh, let's see they 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 had that draw with Seattle. They lost to Chivas. Lost to San Luis, and then before that they beat Monterrey. But prior to that, there was a couple, a couple of draws. So I mean, I don't know. I'm going to go with Seattle. Yeah, I think they, I think they break they, they break break that 16 year curse. Between you know their schedule and injuries, yeah, it's been a tough a tough road for Pumas, you know, and they're not that. They don't have that much of that depth, you know, in, in their squad. And so all of those things will factor in. We don't know if Alamoso will play that match. So that is a big blow for Bumas. I'm still going to go for them because they are representing Mexico and I just cannot stand Seattle. Uh, I cannot stand Seattle. I just got back from there. I cannot stand the city or their fans. <laughs> And uh, I I will always support a, a Mexican team um, when they are being represented in a Champions League or a Club World Cup. Even if it's America, I will still rather see them win than, than the U.S. and the MLS. Um, and I do think that Seattle will be in their own heads. They they have everything to gain, right? They're at home. They They did close pretty strong on the road. And they have everything, like, handed to them on a silver platter. Would not be surprised if the refereeing goes in their favor as well. I know everyone's wanting to make this a rivalry, and and I know the the United States and the MLS have been waiting for an opportunity to finally say, "Ha ha, you know, we we got you. You know, we beat you in the Nations League, we beat you in the Gold Cup final. Now we got MLS teams winning you in the in the Champions League." So uh, they have everything ready to go. They, I'm sure they already got every all the celebrations ready and the parade thing ready. So I would love to see Pumas uh, get the results. I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think it is. Uh, it might even go down to penalties. And let's not confuse things, Jaime. I, I I think Seattle may win it. That doesn't mean I'm not going to that I'm waving the pom poms for them. I'm still <laughs> going to root for the Mexican team, man. I I, I have zero interest in watching an MLS team win this this uh, tournament. Well, chance I'm a I'm a be a Contreras here. Uh, 
I think it's good for the tournament. It, it, you know, it, and for the rivalry between the leagues that ultimately you're not going to take that rivalry serious if you're always beating them. So if they get a, a win here and there, then that, that's always going to make these matches more intense. That's, that's what I'm looking for, gents. Uh, some intensity. I want Libertadores, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want it too, man. Uh, they teased us like a few weeks back. I know, man. With, uh, you know, just Pachuca and Leon or, or something like that. <laughs> so, well, let me get it straight. You want Seattle to win? No, it's not that I want them to win. I'm just saying that if they did win, I'm seeing the positives in it where, you know, it like you said, it, it gives the other side, you know, something to banter about. And, and I could tell you're going to hate hearing that. The whole, we beat you here, we beat you there, we own you. And that, that when teams face again, that makes you want to see the match, you know, or, or, or want to watch the teams win or beat, beat the ex-rival even more. So that's, that's where I feel that, yeah, it is lacking because 16 years uh, stronghold I can see why, and, and a lot of fans belittle the tournament until their team wins it, <laughs> and then it's a good tournament. But other than that, it's like they'll call it weak sauce. Um, but I mean, we, you know, I want the tournaments here to be as exciting. Fight and win! <laughs> you want that guy to win? That guy. <laughs> No siree, Bob. I cannot allow that to happen. It's going to be another another season where Liga Mekis upsets and, and pulls the rug right under MLS. I mean, you look at that game against Chios in Toronto. We almost we almost fucked that up, man. They had to go to penalties, and and everyone thought and Toronto was the better team. Everybody said that, oh, Chivas were, you know, 17th at the time, and, and Toronto, you know, had brought Bob Bradley and or whatever his name is, his son. Jovinko? <laughs> Don't no. forget Jovinko was Oh, it? yeah, yeah, Jovinko. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they had they had a, a better team on paper, everyone said. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they still managed to uh, to lose that match. So I'm, I'm going for, for Pumas. I think they're, they'll get it. I think they'll get the result. And, uh, and then after that, they're going to get that beat down from Chivas because they... <laughs> <laughs> they, they are going to face them in repechaje. Chivas closed the show against Necaxa. Cadenas winning his fourth straight. And that puts Chivas in a pretty good spot. Six position, 26 points. And they will face Pumas. Uh, they get an extra day off. So they will play Pumas at home, uh, but on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to they that. They agreed, right? They agreed to move the game, so... Uh, Canelo gave a call in and said, Hey man, I want everybody to watch my fight. So, uh, move Chivas to Sunday night. That also plays into it. Even if we don't, you know, because if you're Chivas, then you would not give your rival that, that extra time to, to recover. Uh, you might say, 
it's a bitch move or whatever. But they've done it to Chivas a lot of times, man. That's happened to Chivas before where teams did not, you know. Remember when, when, they... when we played uh, the Confederations Cup and then we literally had to fly the players over to, yeah. to play that semifinal against uh, Paranaense. And the players literally played like two games in one day. It was it was insane. <laughs> yeah, see, so I mean, it's yeah, I do. Yeah, I forgot about that that boxing match and that that probably plays into it as well. You know, Televisora. If you watch that fight, Joel, you can yell out, "Fight and win!" <laughs> <laughs> nah, I haven't. I don't really watch boxing. <laughs> so, yeah, we have the official matchups. Puebla will play Mazatlan. Again, Mazatlan, five-game unbeaten streak. Uh, Puebla whimpering into this repechaje. They will be at home, uh, but they've lost, lost three straights. Chivas will host Pumas. You have Monterrey versus San Luis. Seems like a layup for Rayados. And you have Cruz Azul versus Necaxa. And uh, you have four teams. I will just be watching this from home. Uh, Pachuca ended up in first place with 38 points. Tigres in second. Atlas in third. And America. America is also unbeaten in five. Uh, they, they, they got that fourth spot. They went from bottom of the table to qualifying directly. Which... Um... Not that surprised. This is a team that had been finishing top of the table. Uh, the only thing was they they would crash, you know, in the first round of the Liguilla. Um, but yeah, they they've been uh, quite consistent. We've we talked about this before, Jaime. Just how they managed to stay at a pretty consistent level for a long time, which is difficult to do. Just I guess for America fans, they're, they're just, um, you know, they were used to, for all these years, America being the, you know, the main, the main team, like the team that would bring in all the best players and they would play the, some of the best football. But that hasn't been the case for a long time now. But, you know, that doesn't stop Chivas as well with the Campionissimo rhetoric and they they still expect them to as if they were like that and they haven't been like that for years so for these matchups i do want to remind everybody that there is no away goal rule it is a single game elimination match if they end up tying then you will go straight to penalties no extra time I prefer that rule. Yeah, I don't have an issue with it either. I think the... I guess I didn't even have the issue with the with the away goal rule. Uh, but whatever. Just get somebody <laughs> to win this damn, these damn games. As far as these matchups go, first one, Cruz Azul Necaxa. Who do you got? Oof. 
Wow, you say okay. Cruz Azul, Cruz Azul, Necaxa. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those games could go either way. Yeah. What do they call it, Necaxa? The, the something Lamborghini, the the Lamborghini or what? Hadn't heard. Yeah, because they were on a good run until Chivas beat them, but they were they've been on. I mean, that's another coach that we need to talk about. The bronze medal winner, and he came. He comes back. People were asking he would be perfect for Chivas, and he ends up in the Caxa. He's doing a good job. So that's they that's, did beat um, they did beat Tigres two zero um, two weeks ago. So that that was their noticeable victory. Yeah, they beat um they beat Puebla as well, which is. You know, like Camon and Perla was one of the main teams. They were like between first and third for most of the season. Uh, so to beat Puebla, they beat Tigres. Uh, they put the herd on San Luis for the two. So they had, well, they had three wins. Let me see. One. Yeah, yeah they had three straight wins. And, uh, yeah, they lost to Atlas, went on a three three game winning streak, and then we beat them. Yeah, that- they've they've managed a couple good wins. They beat Cruz Azul as well. Uh and who else they beat? I guess they improved because earlier on they had some let me see, I'm looking at it wrong. They they started the season losing to Juarez. Uh and then they that got followed by a 4-0 defeat to Monterrey. And then they jumped back 4-1 win over Santos. And they got smacked down again by Pachuca, 3-1. They beat Cruz Azul. They tied Tijuana. They lose to Leon. They tied Mazatlan. They lose to Toluca. They, they've been, like, you know, quite normal, I would say. I just think Cruz Azul has sort of lost a bit of pep in their step, but but I do think uh, Cruz Azul is a stronger team. You know, I guess it, you know my conspiracy theory. Um, what was that movie about, like the the baseball team, the Indians? Ah, Major League. Yeah, I got a feeling they got a photo of the owner, you know, because she does own the team uh, a percentage of it. <laughs> Eva Longoria. Maybe there's a like a full nude photo of her, and every time they win a game. They get to remove a little piece of her clothing off. That's my theory. <laughs> uh, but that was before the internet, Jaime. <laughs> They've probably already seen photos, even if they're uh, Photoshop. I don't know. Maybe she. Maybe she <laughs> took. Maybe she now. took one for the team, man. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing that I forgot. They're under the new ownership. Yeah, so like, it's good to, they got gringos looking at them more. now. They have to perform. It's, it's, it's good they're <laughs> doing more than just creating an NFT for the club. Uh, so that's that's they're, they're they're there, man. I think they got you know step one of the get the team in playoffs. I think that's that's a good start. I think they could build from that. So wow, so you guys are uh, underestimating Cruz Azul here. Uh, they didn't finish. No, ha- I, I no. Well, you guys are all going towards Nagaxa, and this one is what it sounds like. No, I wasn't. I'm just saying that 
Necaxa has done good enough for the, you know, with, with their whole rebuilding with ownership and whatnot. So uh, to me, I feel that they've, like, they could build from this. Even if they got eliminated, they could they could build from this because they, they got a good coach and then they just bring in some better players. So I think they've, they've laid a pretty good foundation. I, I still think Cruz Azul should be favorites. Man, I'm having a hard time with this one. Uh, it's a pretty, really, I, I, pretty, pretty evenly contested match. They did, I mean, it, it's eight versus nine. So, I mean, it's literally like right there. They're very close. Yeah, no, I, I think I think for me, the one thing that has me a little hesitant on, on uh, going for Cruz Azul is if you watch, if you take a look at their last so many games, they haven't had a whole lot of uh, firepower. They're 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 struggling to score, right? A and, little and bit. And Necaxa did beat them. Yes, Necaxa the beat game. them. And Necaxa seems like every every so so often they have a, a game where they do score a good amount of goals, right? And so, yes, they, they busted it a few times. You are correct, sir. It's a great observation that, there, Elbow, because Cruz Azul hasn't really scored much. In fact, no. their, their last goal was uh, match week fifteen. Yeah, they're 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 a little they're la polvora está mojada, right? So, Damn. I'm I'm gonna go with Necaxa to pull pull off the minor upset, man. Oof. Yeah, I've seen some people already <laughs> upset. They don't like the Cruz Azul. What's you that? Know, they're turning on the coach. They've been I've been hearing that is something I heard too. Yeah, really? and it's like, dude, this guy got you a championship after what seventeen years. And he got you back on playoffs. I mean, cut him some slack, man. But we'll see what happens there, man. I know there had been, because I think he tried to quit. I don't know if you guys remember. They were saying that he had presented his resignation. That's right. Yep. And I so I don't know what's going on there. Like, because like, I know someone left from the directiva, and I think it was a person that brought him. And sometimes a lot of that stuff plays into, you know, like if there's, there's like turmoil in there in the club, sort of like for the Chivarmanos when you had Higuera and wasn't getting along with Almeida and you had all this like tug of war going in. And, it, you know, it obviously affected the team and they're just having horrible season. Um, So who knows what's going there at Cruz Azul, man. We, we keep inviting Cementeros. But they they keep turning us down, man. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, these are you you you're champions now, yeah, uh, recent champions. So it's it's safe. It's safe. Not only that, I mean, because remember, they've kind of that thing that's gone away was the Cruz Azulier. Right? This is true. You don't, you don't really hear it no more. And this is one with um, some of Americanistas. If you're listening. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think America hasn't been able to beat them in like, if I saw the stat right, it was like seven games, I think. Is that what it was? Yeah, it's been a while, right? Yeah, they haven't been able to beat them, so they've managed to turn a lot of things around. Uh, so, man, this what we hear a lot about is uh, Pulver Champagne, man, and the, the fans, if your team's not playing that fancy soccer, they... They start turning on you, man. All right, so 
You guys been having some pretty compelling arguments, but you won't pick a, a Gallo yet. So what do you guys got? Cruz Azul and Necaxa. Oh, no, I picked it. I, I went with Necaxa with the minor upset. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Cruz Azul, man. Oh, Amen. wow. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go for Eva Longoria's team just because, uh, I don't know, Cruz Azul's had a pretty disappointing campaign. They were eliminated by Pumas in the Champions League. And, uh, you know, they did. Put them out of misery. I think they've won enough silverware for a, another 30 years, right? I think the fans will be happy. <laughs> uh, if you are listening on Twitter spaces, feel free to speak up. Uh, we'd love to hear you guys' predictions for these repechaje matches and also the Champions League final Puma Seattle just hit the little request to speak and we'll let you hop in on the conversation Rayados and San Luis face off uh, on Saturday as well and to give you guys a little bit of context when they matched each other up in regular season play uh, San Luis actually beat them 2-0 this was back in February so it has been some time but uh, what do you guys think Rayados I think or San Luis I, I, I'm I'm gonna go with Rayados based on what we've talked about in the past before whether it was on chats or or on here Vucetich Vucetich knows how to how to manage in a Liguilla and that's yes, gonna be the difference and he's got a stronger uh, a stronger team than than he did with Chivas right so that's my pick for that one same same you you stole the words out of my mouth <laughs> I think he, he could look he could look average during the season, and then once they go into Ligia, he'll, you know, he squeeze, he'll squeeze out those wins. I mean, he took Chivas to the semifinals not too long ago. Feels like a long a time ago. Squad, with, with a depleted squad to boot. Yeah, I think that the team itself can awaken during Ligia. However, Rayos have been on the, you know, they've had some upset defeats in Repechaje. The one that comes to mind is the one where they got eliminated by Puebla. So I honestly think that it could go either way. Uh, I'm going to continue to go for the underdogs and and uh, have San Luis see if they can get this upset. Ooh. We have Puebla versus Mazatlan. I think we've talked about it already. But uh, again, Puebla not coming in at the best form. Mazatlan on a five-game uh, undefeated streak. What do you guys got? Hot hand. I'm going with the hot hand on this one. I'm going with, with Mazatlan. Oof. Yeah, I think if, if Mazatlan wins... Then uh, the Larcamon flame starts to extinguish because not too long ago, right? They were putting them at at America. They were putting them at Chivas. Almost handing him the selection. If you were to read some some fans, um, <clears throat> and yeah, ultimately he's gonna have to win. Just doing good throughout the season is it's not enough uh, if you want to be in the bigger. You know, take over the bigger teams. You need some silverware. I think they've been at the Cubs. Uh, and I think they have that experience over the other team. So I think, uh, I think Larcamon pulls this one through, man. 
Well, our fate will be in Puebla's hands. If Puebla wins and we win, we will match up against Atlas. But we, we think Chivas. Chivas, sorry. And if Puebla loses, uh, Chivas will end up facing America. So just keep that in mind. I think everybody wants to see a Chivas America matchup instead of a Chivas Atlas, but that's just me. We have uh, Chivas Pumas on Sunday. By that time, Pumas had will be already uh, had played their match midweek between Seattle, and they'll have a long flight back and probably tired and on on uh, just a lot of a lot of stress, a lot of physical uh, drainage. So I think Chivas are a favorite against Pumas. Uh, we did beat them, right? So we do have the psychological advantage. And I wish Chiquis was here for this because it's going to be a big week for him. They could potentially go 0-2. Yeah, they could crash out him in both tournaments. It would be considered a fracaso, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Just... Just given Pumas how they're on a low budget, man. And they've managed to to remain competitive in two tournaments. Yeah, I think I think uh you know like you said, low, low it's a lower budget team. They've been running hard on two tournaments. And again, injuries are a question. And even if if they get their injuries back, what what uh, what condition are they going to be in? Right? They're, they're they're likely not to be a hundred percent. I'm going to go with Chivas. Same. And, and you know, it sucks to see Pumas like like if you're a Puma fan, because it's like, how much better would that team be if if it was you know the directiva invested more money instead of like you know they're just Penny savers, you know, they're like the those shoppers that go with a bunch of coupons. Um, that's kind of how they seem, like just very, you know, they just wait for the for the they wait for the Black Friday to see what they could come up with. But I, I do think they're a team that that should be more relevant. We have uh, Alpha Store hopping on. What are your thoughts, Al Pastor? I think if uh, Pumas wins the Champions League, they're going to come out super motivated that that tiredness or whatever is not really going to be that big of a factor. I think uh, they win that Seattle game just on motivation alone. They would actually be the team to beat. And uh, Dineno, that boy is hot right now. He's like the CONCACAF version of Benzema. Whatever ball he touches, he puts in. Yeah, we've highlighted that dude a couple of times here um, and how Pumas has managed to find some gems there and how this guy's career, if, if you look at his career, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't much to talk about there because uh, we, we were comparing him to, uh, who's that guy, Jaime, from... Uh, uh, the Peruvian? No, 
No, we were comparing him to the Mexican striker. He's Peruvian. He was at, he was, oh, he's half-half. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you threw me off. But because they're both same age, same height, you know, they were both doing good in the next season. And then if we compare, like, their trajectories night and day, man, uh, you know, Mexican dude, that was, like, his first full season at Puebla. Ormenio. There you go. There you go. Wow. Dineno had just, even if he went to some of these lower leagues, Ecuador and whatnot, he just had back, back full of games. Uh, and, but yeah, he's, he's been one of the, he's been, uh, he's been fired. The only thing that surprises me is I haven't heard anything of clubs wanting to go after him. Oh, you know, no Tigres is going to get him. America, America or Tigres. Man, Pumas, they won't. They will be like, all right, if they meet the price, you know, they'll be like, all right, take them. I think they'd be foolish to have that happen. I know they did that with Dinko Castillo, but, I, you know, at that point, Dinko Castillo was ready to go. But, I mean, but we, do, uh, we do see this time and time again where they do sell their best players. They're like Gonzalez go to Tigres too, right? And I'm sure a bunch of other guys with Tigres. I feel like any good player they come out with. Like, Ocoliso. Yeah, like Tigres is just ready to swoop up. So what do you think? You think Pumas will, will win that final in Seattle? Or, or do you think you think the MLS team Man. will finally pull it off? All I know is... I don't know if Madrid's going to beat City, but I know Benzema's going to score. I don't know if Puma's <laughs> going to beat Seattle, but I know Dineno's going to score. Wow. So if I'm putting my bet, it's going to be on those guys to score. Okay. Who knows what will happen after that. Fair enough. He did score both goals in that final, uh, the first leg. And we'll see if he has any jam, jam left. He scored the two against Pachuca too, right? Uh, I think he scored, did he score both of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. Boy's hot, I'm telling you. Well, Seattle's pretty cold, so we'll see if he can light a wet match over there. And that's pretty much all we have for tonight. Joel, do you have any 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 notes there, any closing thoughts? No, I guess um, I'm still surprised we went almost the whole pot and Jaime didn't really talk much about Chivas. Yeah, I tried not to. <laughs> so I was just, I think what's been one of the topics is Cadena, of course. Uh, and and it, does he stay at the club? That's that's um, it's a topic there. Some people are saying if, if he wins, just a bit, uh, it's a bit too much if you ask me. Um, but yeah, I, I would... I'll, I would ask you first, what what do you think is going to happen there with? Well, uh, at this point, I like the way the team's playing. I like the way he has the the team organized, the formation. Everything's working right now. I would hate to see him go. I would love to have him just stay, regardless of what result he gets uh, against. Bumas, I think he's earned the the right to coach the team for for the season, and uh, I feel like he's the one that knows these players the best. 
since he's been coaching Tapatio and he's been with the team for a while. So, and I, I just don't know who could come in externally like a foreigner or whatever and, and replicate this kind of success he's had with the team. I know it's such a short time frame to judge him on his results, but I mean, he's on fire right now. I think it comes down to whoever's in charge, right? Whether it's Belais or, or if Leanios, the Leanios still have uh, influence, right? Well, I, I don't. I think Leanio was made to cool off, but there is the the whole um, Amaudi and and his what is it um, brother-in-laws and the Amaudi family there that's on the board. Uh, there's been rumors that they're like they've been you know, pushing for changes and whatnot. So that that could also play play into it. Belize yeah, needs to leave. Belize needs to leave. But see, if we see right now where the team is at, that's part of his project. Dang, his see... project bring Cadena up. That's like, his but project the, the... was after they got rid of Vuse, he should have been looking for a quality coach and kept uh, Leaño, you know, as an uh, interim where they actually found someone of quality. But, that but whole that... Leaño thing went to trash, and now, all right, we're going to put in another assistant where we quote-unquote figure out there is no, like, deep-level planning there going on, and that's his whole job. But like, see, look, this, failing. And this just is how the... Cadena is coming from the systems, bring, you know, Cadena's giving good results. Put in someone in that role that would give good roles and knows the institution and knows the team. Like Ramon Ramirez. Ramon Ramirez has been begging for that position. I'm sure he would kill it. Yeah, well, see, the first thing, we have to see what the project is. Project is not just because you put a coach. Project is the whole, you know, promoting the players and, and building of a squad. So it's a lot into it. Uh, when we see Leaño, he didn't put Leaño there. Leaño came in because his own. He he sort of he sort of just took over and he he pushed his way in there and he just took over. So that they, speaks even more reason why he should be out. You let us some <clears throat> punk with no history punk you out of your decision making. Well, that's the thing. You can't say Leano no history, but but you can't say he does. How many coaches that Ricardo brought in failed? So they kind of. Well, that's the thing. He only brought do. one. He only brought in Vuce. And you can say he failed with Vuce. He he took the team to us to a semifinals. And then he had the team finish eighth and ninth. I mean, we're going, we're talking about Chivas that's that went five seasons, they can't even finish top ten. Five seasons finishing bottom of the table. And so they managed to revert that where it's like semifinals, and now they're like they finished in eighth, and when they finished in those places, they weren't that far from from sixth or fourth. They were about like five points, four points. So we're seeing some progress here. It's not, I know what fans would want, but it's like playing as a final. But I feel that um, you you could see that, or at least you know you you could see some, you know, some improvements there going on. And the other thing that we have to notice how many players the team lost. They lost a lot of players, and they haven't been able to bring no one in. Teams but just he, aren't selling. Players that he brought in. Well, I mean, but I mean, who? 
there's just no one there that they, they could buy where it was like, like um, he brought Antuna and I know people don't like him, but that's a World Cup bound player. You know, so at least he brought a player that made it to Selección. And some of these other players, they haven't been that good. But he did um, he did make sure they were going to be promoting from the youth. And that's right now what we're seeing. It's not just Cascadena. You know, this is a team that's been getting worked on since this dude arrived. So, I mean, we have to look some of the coaches, but he, he didn't bring in a uh, it was Tena. Tena was there when he came. So the only one he brought was Buse, and he didn't even kick him out. He, you know, he had nothing to do there, where he lost a lot of respect. Uh, a lot of the people were saying he should have quit because they basically pushed him to the side and said, all right, go take a seat. We're, we're taking, we're going to, um, we're doing the, the decisions now. I think uh, Belaz has lost the trust. Oh, the fans! The fans, I think, have ha- had long, enough of it. long ago, man. I think they've they've had enough of his shenanigans, and I think it'd be better for everybody involved for them to just yeah, part ways. Because I think they blame everything on him. Well, he deserves a lot of the blame. I but think. I mean, we don't know. We don't know how much is this in his power. Like people are blaming him for Vega. I mean, is he in charge of doing? That's his job, man. Contract? That's his job. Are you sure bro. that's his job? Are you sure? It's it in his Dude, that it's his job. He, this is no. like boarding director. This that guy. doesn't mean you're in charge of, of uh, signing contracts or extending yeah, them. you're the sporting director. Your job is to figure out what's the best decisions for on the field. So if Bay got the best decision on the field, your job is to go convince your boss. To spend well, yeah, money. exactly, your boss. So the Maori's on top. If yeah, Amaury, so as the owner, would have... If he fails no, but... to convince Amaury to spend some money, he has failed at his job. No, man. See, that's the thing. That's Here's the that's, thing. It's, it's like, more than just convincing this dude. I, I, I do agree that, like, people have this misconception that, you know, Pelaz is the one that is responsible for the 11 players on the pitch. That's the coach. You know what I mean? The coach is the one that makes the decision who's playing in week in and week out. But... Who's the one that assigned that coach? Who's the one that hired that coach? And that's Pelaz. Same thing with the players coming in and out. Whose job is that to bring players in and out? That's Pelaz. So I think that he might not be um, like involved directly uh, negotiating with Vega or whatever, but he is. that is part of his job. Yeah, I would say he would, I guess, recommend to the board. And that's that's a no-brainer. Like any board worth, you know, worth, worth their salt would know that Vegas said, dude, you have to resign. So, I mean, not resign, sign, extend their contract. Uh, and if they can't do it, I don't think that has to do with Pelias, but more like how much is Chivas willing to pay? So obviously they're not meeting that that price. And I don't think Pelias has to say to be like, okay, we're giving you $2 million. He doesn't do the He doesn't do the club's finances. He can't, he can't make those like promises of... I'm going to pay you X amount. But his job is to try to put a quality product on the field. He's like that middleman between the owner and the coach. Like, he, you know, he kind of has that influence there. So he hasn't been able to be successful with that influence. Or if he shouldn't be held that responsible for the product, then 
then what is he doing there? He might as well just get rid of the middleman and just have the coach deal directly with uh, the owner. And isn't that one of the reasons I got rid of Almeida? Almeida wanted more power. He wanted an influence on who came in and who went out as far as sporting director decisions. Yeah, he lost that position to, uh, they gave it to, uh, what is it, Deanda? And he, he didn't like that. But I mean, I, I think they gave him too much. Uh, the club gave it too much and then they they dialed it back. So I think that was the club messing up. But I, I, I feel that where the team is now compared to where it was before Pelias, to me, it's, is better. Uh, people want to get rid of him, but then, okay, so who's going to replace him? Right? Because the coach is not going to do everything. So, so we, we can't I, think. I do agree with the guys, though, that, that, you know, being a sporting director, it is it is up to you to um, make sure that, that that the player gets paid and kept on the field and stuff like that. And I understand that, that, that uh, ownership, you know, might be the one not wanting to spend the money for it. That said, you know, in Pelice's defense, you you could put, you know, Ramon Ramirez, uh, freaking, what's his name, the La, Nestor de la Torre, whoever's in there right now, and they're going to start blaming him off the bat, man, for, for anything that they do. I, 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 th- I think Chivas fans right now, we're too jaded of, of a fan base. And, you know, you lose one game and, you know, it, we're, it's the end of the world. And so yeah. I, 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 I think I think really that's what it comes down to. I don't think Pelais has done a, an atrocious job. I think he could have done a he could do a better job. But uh, quite quite frankly, you could put anybody you want in there right now, and they're going to get the same type of blame as as, as Pelais. But but see, what I'm going is the results he's managed to bring in, where the club is at least, you know, pushing to be like uh, past mid table. Right, as as going five seasons, five seasons with no Liguilla, you know, finishing fifteenth, seventeenth, what is it like fourteenth? I mean, so I mean, to me, he's been doing a decent job. Where it's like he's he's been able to. We've seen small improvements, but at least the team's no longer, you know, not even part of Liguilla. At least they're there. At least they're repechaje, um, and and so if he leaves. Amari doesn't manage the club. Who's going to manage it? His his brothers-in-law that are not nothing to do with football. Like who, who's going to come in and replace him? You know. So that's the one thing to think about. There's not that many people right now that you could bring in. And to us, as a club, their board is not. Their board of directors has shown to be very incompetent. They don't have something like Grupo Orlegi or Grupo Pachuca where they got their shit together, they don't matter what coach they bring in because they have something set up that, you know, like Pachuca, right? From one season to the next, the club improved. And that's because they don't rely on a coach to come in and do everything, which is what a lot of fans seem to think, all right, a coach comes in and he's going to build a squad and blah, blah, blah. But if it doesn't work out and he's out, then it's like you're starting all over again because you bring in another coach and then he wants to do his own thing. So a lot of times that's where like the sporting director or the board play a strong influence in at least maintaining. And that's one thing Chivas has done. They maintain the squad. They maintain a group of players. They debuted a good amount of players. There was, and I don't have it with me, 
there was a list of all the players that debuted under Buse and how many of Canteranos would play during a match. You know, and it was a it was a very good number. So I mean, I think they've been doing a good job of that where that consistency is paying off now because you have these players that are some of these younger players that are now beginning to to show results. And, and I'm not saying by, by no means am I saying uh, uh, fire Belice, but what I'm saying is that that anybody you put in there right now is going to get blamed the same way as Belice, and yeah. that's just how that's just how jaded Chivas fans are right now. Well, and that's the thing, but there's like almost no one. Like there's not that many right now. It's basically going to fall down to promoters. Yep. Right. What what promoter is going to put his people in the club, which is something that was going on. Before Pelayas, so the guy was what was it Hurtado, right? And the media was saying um, he put Tena in. He had put Tena, Boy, and Cardoso, and then they took that picture where all of them are having uh, they're having like a lunch. Yep. And so all of them were, yeah. And then that means that guy says what players can go and what who can who. I mean, they basically manage your club. So I mean that that I do think. It's probably going to end up happening. Uh, some promoters going to just take over and put his people and just manage it. I don't see a Maori, um He doesn't really know about football. I don't see him, you know, doing any moves. And there's not that many like people you could bring. Maybe Alebrija out of retirement. Uh, who? Who we got? Uh, People, Nestor's out there, but he comes with Chepo. <laughs> and a lot of the fans hate him for whatever reason, even though if you go through his numbers, uh, some of the most successful Chivas has been as far as like the amount of Liguillas, the amount of semifinals and whatnot. Um, there's him, like you said, uh, but there's not that. I forgot the guy's name. He was at Monterrey. I forget his name, man. He was... He was there when Buse was there and his first run. He was one of the main dudes. And he he was being promoted back when Chivas didn't have a sporting director or president, whatever, man. They they used different names and they got Pelias. So but I, I do think like cause when Leaño came in and did the whole shakeup, I do think uh and and I agree with with what a lot of the journalists were saying that he should acquit out of like, you know, self respect. Yeah, because see now he's getting blamed for a lot of shit he had nothing to do with. And this guy came and interrupted, you know, a proceso that had been going on for two years or whatever. Um, damn, I lost my train of thought. What was I gonna say? <laughs> Where was I going with this? You were going about how uh, Leano came in, took over, and uh, Belice uh, got blamed for it. Yeah. Um, damn. But you know, for going back to Leano, because uh, Pastor, you were saying like he he's he just has a lot of influence, man. His family and his ties to the club. He has a lot of influence. He's not just some random Joe that came in. It reminds me a lot of Higuera. When Higuera came in, he had a lot of sway with with Omni Life 
and and the board, and he booted out uh, Nestor, you know, and it's like that's when people are beyond your, you know, they're at another level, man. You you don't have much say there, and that's that's unfortunate. That happened to Chivas, where it's like some dude just decided to come in and and do his own thing because I guess he felt he could do better, and then he he sort of he, he did it. For sure, boys. That is why I didn't mention Chivas tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a whole podcast dedicated to them. Uh, what I can tell you is uh, I'm looking forward to Sunday, looking forward to the Canelo fight, and looking forward to seeing some Seattle tears on, on Wednesday. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of football between now and then. Um, but do you guys have any closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 333? No, just like you, looking forward to the games this weekend, uh, in particular the Sunday game, uh, and just really hoping uh, we get a good result and continue riding this uh, this heat wave that Chivas are on, man. Uh, it's, it's nice to see. It's been a while since we've had, five, what, four wins in a row? Since 2016, and if I'm not mistaken. Since, since Almeida, when uh, Trophies beat Monterrey, and then they went on the four, four, because uh, that's that's when they were going on the relegation, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's the season they were, they were like relegation bound. Okay, it's been that long. She says that's what, <laughs> six years. It's you know Chivas, and if we we did Jaime and I, we went through Chivas numbers, and if man going back what Jaime like twenty years. And their numbers are bad, dude. They're atrocious. Uh, the, the amount of times they miss Liguilla, not once, not twice, but three times, four times, and recently five, it's too many. It's it's a lot. Well, you got you to take a look at the coaches that we've gone through as well during this period. Yeah, but see, and then again, I'm going to say it's it's the directiva, man, because yeah. look, look what we're seeing with Grupo Orlegi, with Grupo Pachuca. They could switch coach, and the team is... It's not going to affect the team, and I think uh, it's and it's even with the coach. It has to be like the promoters again that are tied to the coach, who decide what players can come in or or you know who who because when Tena left, I I feel that that was that was extra football. I don't think Tena was sacked over um, his results. He had. He had, uh, let me see, he had the team in fifth when the league was suspended. And then Copa por Mexico, he took him to the final when they beat America 4-3, I think. And then they, they lose to Cruz Azul. Uh, so he was doing pretty good. And then he gets COVID. He misses the first three games. He comes back and he loses one and they boot him. Uh, but I think that had... There's some other stuff going there. I don't think they they kicked him out for results that he wasn't even a part of. I mean, I'm going to apologize for getting Joel going again. Oh, man. <laughs> you warmed me up, dude. No, no, I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. For sure. I'm, I'm kidding. But no, no yeah. Cause you know, you know we're, we're looking at this club that it's like, it, it just sucks how much 
it's affected by things that are outside of the sporting, you know, going way back to, to Vergara and how Angelica was doing moves just to benefit her, to make money, selling Tapatio and, you know, doing things like that. And so this is a club that's just been getting beat from the outside, from the inside, I should say, man. Its own owners have been putting a hurt on it. And the whole thing with um, with Leaño and the rumors are that uh, that the Leaño family's been like, you know, putting money because Chivas been bleeding for a while, and that they've been like helping pay off stuff. So I have to believe there's some truth to that. For sure. Uh, Pastor, you got any, any last minute closing thoughts for us? Uh, no, I think that uh, Puebla beats Mazatlan. And out of the other three teams, the stripe teams win Los Rayados. From Chivas to Monterrey to Necaxa. Interesting. Cruz Azul has really been gone down since losing Charlie Rodriguez. He was a big connection as far as getting that game flow going and connecting with Antuna. And another thing is they have not found a replacement for Cabecita Rodriguez. So I don't even think uh, I don't even think Necaxa is the underdog, but anything I take them as favorites compared to what we've seen in the last, you know, five, six games. Yeah, Cabecita such a great player, man. Although as a Chiva, I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't miss him. He would always score against them. Um, yeah, man. What I want to ask Al Pastor, what what's your take on Darcamon? Because I know he's been tied to Chivas. Would that be a coach you would like seeing or? Man, Larcamon, you know, uh, he should have struck while he was hot. You know, America wanted him, Chivas wanted him, like you mentioned, people wanted him at La Selección. Now, America has found salvation with Tano, Chivas with <laughs> Cadena. Um, you know, selection. It seems like Tata's gonna be in there for a minute, and uh, if Tata does leave, there's I have a big feeling Piojo's gonna get another chance. So, uh, yeah, he went from a poster boy coach of the league to his team Valiendo Madres también, as far as Puebla going down. <laughs> I I think he lost a lot of uh, weight in the in the market. He did. He but he would have. Had to quit after that season because you can't you can't coach more than one team. The league the league uh, makes you wait to the next. So he was sort of like in a tough spot. No, he was I, just I, done the Matias like when Chepo was coach. He was just done the pre contract beforehand. No, no, no. I mean within the league, like if if, if you're coaching a team in Liga MX. You can't jump to another one that same season. You have to wait for the next. For sure. Joeli, what's your closing thought for the night? Oh, I, I did closing rant, man. But just keep it quick. I, I think uh, I, I trust the Pelias uh, Proceso, man. I, I think there's been a lot. He's been attacked a lot and, and, and blamed for a lot, but I've seen improvement in Chivas, where at least they're they're up there, man. They finished six, which is pretty good um, compared to how they had been doing. If the league had, you know, because they 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 moved the league to twelve teams, 
But the last seasons, if, if things just played out regular, they would have been going in straight to Liguilla, uh, except for that time they booted them to ninth because the league stole the points to give them to Atlas. That's that's another story. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's they have something to build on. I just think uh, ultimately they will need to to sign players, and I don't know how they're going to go around that because they haven't been able to bring anyone of value since probably Alexis Vega and then they, who they might lose soon. So that's I think that's something they need to work on. No, they don't sign anyone. Get rid of Saldivar and give that chance to Chevy Martinez. No way Chevy oh. is worse than Saldivar. If anything, he'll turn out to be a baller. He was he injured because we were wondering what happened to him. So I know they had been. He was out for like a year with a with a tragic injury. Oh man, yeah, that sucks. Haven't heard from him since, but I agree. I think uh, Traffic Cone would be better out there on the pitch than Saldivar. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens with Alexis Vega and Godinho. I think now they are eligible to sign with any club now. So, uh, Chivas need to get on that. Want to thank everyone for hopping on Twitter Spaces tonight. It was, it was action packed. We had YouTube chat as well, and uh, can't wait to see what happens this this week with Seattle and Pumas and and the repechaje. We'll see if we get some upsets. Uh, but I hope everyone has a great night, and we will catch you in the next one.